The Holy Gospel according to Luke, the 18th chapter. Then Jesus told them a parable about the need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while the judge refused, but later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to God's own elect who are crying out day and night? Will God delay long in helping them? I tell you, God will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? The Gospel of the Lord. We're getting closer to the end of the church year now, which means our Sunday Bible readings focus more and more on endings or last things as they are described in Scripture. And so it's not surprising that Jesus concludes his parable today with a provocative question. When the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? We all know, of course, how this has been used to provoke fear. In many expressions of Christianity, that is in fact the big question that looms over people almost every day. If Jesus were to come today, or if I were to die and go to him, would he find faith in me, the kind of faith he is looking for? I remember being at the bedside of an elderly woman near the end of her life when her daughter got right up close to her face and asked her that question in a very concerned way. The daughter came from a church that equated faith with correct belief in Jesus. I'm sure many of you can identify with that. As one person wrote in a blog post this week, for most of my life, I've thought faith had to do with believing the right things about Jesus in order to get into heaven. That was on the daughter's mind, I'm sure, when she got down close to her mother's face. And all the way home, I was smiling at the mother's response. When pressed to say if she truly loved Jesus, the mother said, he's all right. <laughs> It's not what the daughter was hoping to hear, but it was a refreshing alternative to the, the fear of unbelief that was so dominant in her thinking. Over the years, I have heard faith equated with many things. For many people, faith is certainty or absence of doubt, or faith is correct moral behavior or loyalty to institutions, or rule following, or a lot of things that could leave one asking, do I have enough of that? 
Will Jesus find that in me when I meet him face to face? When you think about it, though, all of those understandings of faith are very different from the examples we have in our two Bible readings today. In the Genesis story, faith is surprisingly depicted as wrestling with God and holding on for dear life. Around a campfire last night, I asked Rabbi Bruce Cadden about this story because it just says that Jacob was wrestling with a man. But at the end, Jacob says, I was wrestling with God. I have met God face to face. It's how he remembers the story. Anyone familiar with that story of Jacob knows that he would have failed every other test of faith. At birth, he's the one that comes out holding on to his brother's heel, which is why he is named Jacob or Grabber. And then throughout life, he continues to just grab everything that he can for himself. And Jacob is a wrestler. He wrestles with almost everyone in one way or another. He wrestled with his brother Esau and stole his birthright. He wrestled with his father and fooled him into giving him Esau's inheritance. He wrestled with his uncle Laban, who turned out to be just as much of a grabber as he was. Clearly, Jacob was not the poster boy for correct belief or correct moral behavior or rule following or loyalty to anything. But when he got into a wrestling match with God, Jacob knew deep down that there was a blessing in it, even for a person like him. And he grabbed on with all of his might. And I love that image of faith. And I know many people who could speak to it from their own experience, perhaps many of you, who might say, as I've heard often, my wrestling with God comes out of my own struggles to understand why God seems absent. Why God seems absent in times of distress or sickness. Or why God allows suffering and death and injustice to happen. Many would also say that their wrestling with God comes just from the struggle to understand what God seems to be saying through the word of God. Or what God seems to be doing in the world around us. Or what God seems to be calling us to do. The storyteller doesn't tell us in Genesis what started that wrestling match that lasted all night on the fork of the Jabbok. But in the heat of it, Jacob sensed deep in his bones that there was a blessing in it for him. And that gave him all the more tenacity. I will not let go of you until you bless me, Jacob said. And I wonder if that is the kind of faith that Jesus perhaps looks for. Might it be living with questions and doubts and struggles and still holding on to God with all our might? Because we know deep in our bones that God is still the source of blessing that we long for. <clears throat> 
Might faith be saying, in the words of the anthem today, there is a longing in our hearts for love we only can find in you, O God. If so, then we can understand also the longing and the yearning for justice that burned in the heart of the widow in that parable that Jesus tells. She has every reason to give up, but she seems to be driven by a profound hope that the blessing of God's justice is out there somewhere and that it is attainable. As Luke says in his own interpretation of the parable, she persists in all of her strength and she does not lose heart. I don't think there's a person here today who doesn't know what it's like to grow weary, to be lured into feelings of despair or even resignation when we see over and over again and experience the lack of justice that is so real with endless warfare in our world, with unbroken cycles of poverty, with systemic sins of racism and sexism, with the violence we continue to see against innocent children, when entire species of animals are driven to extinction, and all of these countless other expressions of injustice, it's not at all uncommon to lose heart whether it's injustice we see or injustice we experience firsthand. The temptation to abandon hope is a very powerful one that can only be overcome by persistent and tenacious faith. As one reader of this parable said, the widow had to make a costly choice every single day. Will I keep asking Dare I risk humiliation one more time? Do I still believe that my request is worthy of articulation? Can I be patient? Am I still capable of trusting in the possibility of justice? According to Luke, Jesus is saying that this is also what faithful prayer looks like. And it leaves us wondering what kind of change we would experience if we persisted in a similar way. The same person who wrote that about the widow's costly choice said, I know that when I persist in prayer, really persist with a full heart over a long period of time, something happens to me, she says. My sense of who I am to whom I belong, what really matters in this life, and why. These things mature and solidify in me, she says. My heart grows stronger, and it becomes less fragile and flighty. In the end, both of these stories today have very hopeful conclusions. Jacob not only receives a blessing, but an identity and a place in God's family that can never be taken away from him. And the widow is granted justice 
from a judge who admittedly neither fears God nor respects people. To which Jesus says, if he can do it, will God not grant justice to God's own elect who are crying out day and night? Will God delay long in helping them? That is the promise that we keep deep in our hearts today as we grab hold of God without letting go and as we make the costly choice every day to persist, to be patient, and to trust in the possibility of justice for us and for all creation. Thanks be to God. Amen.